one more quick little sound bite for you guys. Um, another question that came up a lot this week had to do with um, regulation and stimming. So as I kind of already mentioned, you know, there's this pain piece that we do have to consider, but we also want to look at stimming as not necessarily a good or a bad thing, but a sign. And I think we get a lot of times, you know, parents coming to us basically wanting a stim to stop. As long as the stim isn't harmful or dangerous to the child or others, um, there's really no reason for them to be stopping a stim. And in fact, most autistic adults will say that it would be traumatic and inappropriate to try to stop a stim. So I think one, we have to be strong advocates for our patients in this regard and explain that like, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. If they want to flop their hands because they're excited, that's fine. Um, but we definitely can use it as a, a view into the mind, right? Like we have patients who, I have a patient right now actually who um, will take like a toy frying pan and just circle another toy inside of it. So it's making this constant noise and he holds it up to his ear. I mean, it is so self-absorbing for him that he can't do anything else. He can't pay attention. He can barely follow directions. He can't engage. He can't even initiate other ideas or even notice things in his environment. Um, so it's pretty all-encompassing. And I've been explaining to mom, like, this to me is a sign. I'm not going to tell him to stop because it's serving a purpose for him. And I don't fully know what that purpose is for him, but I think it is supporting his regulation because I think he is kind of on this like high alert needing so much sensory input but not really sure how to get it um because then as I started introducing other sensory experiences and combining we've been doing a lot of vestibular combined with proprioceptive input like in the lycra swing or sitting in my lap and rocking or sitting on the therapy ball and then rocking or bouncing he will stop doing that stim and engage with me and show good affect and be present. So it tells me that there's some sensory need that he's needing that he's not getting because he's not much of a seeker really. He's more of like a uh, low registration, like needing a lot of input, but not quite sure how to get it. Kind of a discrimination kid. Um, so I'm using that more as the gauge to the parent to say, look, did you see him regulate and engage with me? He chose to put this thing down, this toy down and sh- stop shaking it by his ear and focus on me instead. Um, the more we can help him do that, the more he can learn, like, this is another way that I can exist. That doesn't mean the stim's going to go away completely. My hope is that it can be reduced to the point he can at least do other things, right? Because I mean, he can't do anything while he's doing this one activity. Um, but I think the biggest thing is we've got to educate parents that stims are not bad. Um, if it's, a, you know, preventing a kid from using their hands, we might maybe address it then and try to find a more appropriate way to engage in that behavior. But I would say instead, we need to look at why are they engaging in that STEM? Are they overwhelmed in their sensory environment? Did something happen that day? Are they experiencing pain? Are they having some issues with emotional regulation? Are they just unsure of what to do in that environment? Um, I find my kids who are really kind of tuned out seem like they need a lot more body sensory input to connect with me. Like they're so just kind of lost in their sensory body experiences that they cannot connect outwardly. So you may need to play around with vestibular input and proprioceptive input and tactile input to see if you can regulate that nervous system enough where they don't feel like they have to do a stim constantly. But sometimes it's just a sign of excitement. And in those moments, I just label it. You know, if a kid's flapping because he looks excited and something's fun, you know, that's exciting. That feels really good to your body. You really liked this game. You really liked that noise. 
they can just connect what it means from an emotional understanding standpoint. But we want to make sure that we are not, um, unless it is a issue of danger or safety, which there are times where it is, um, you know, we have kids, like I have explained on other podcasts, um, that were jumping and landing on the tops of their feet. That was getting to a point where it was concerning for his health and safety. Like you might actually do some serious damage to your feet by jumping full force and landing on the tops of your feet instead of the bottom. Um, and then we do need to try to find a safer alternative that will still satisfy a need, which is not an easy feat to do. If you have any great tips or tricks that you have found that have helped to regulate kids who are um, really into stimming or alternatives to really common stims like hand flapping or anything um, that maybe ser- kind of serve the same purpose, let us know. Um, we would love to hear other people's inputs on what they're seeing in regards to stimming and regulation.